Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Modern Life. Uh, this week, our main topic is going to be the 2016 video game Unravel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Why, why are you wearing your Oh, I'm wearing my hoodie, you know, <laughs> like behind my ears. I just looked up. It's like a little elf looking at me. Your Take ears are like Dumbo. Um, but... Um, before we get into that, uh, we got to talk about this week's sponsor, um, Blutable. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> edible. It's edible books sent right to your door <laughs> for only ten dollars, less than ten dollars a meal. Um, just kidding. We don't have a sponsor, <laughs> um, but seriously, let's get this thing going. As always, before we talk about our main topic, we got some modern thoughts. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I got a couple things on my mind. I started, I haven't finished, but I started watching the... Uh, it doesn't count. Scratch it. Shh. That's why it's a modern thought. Um, that Bruce Springsteen on Broadway thing oh, yeah. on Netflix, which I've just been hearing about nonstop. For two people who've actually gone to the show and it's just had this buzz for the whole last year. And is it just one show or is it like a tour? No, it was a show on Broadway. It was literally just a show on Broadway. Just a it's one not a time. Tour. No, it ran it oh, ran okay. for like almost a year, I want to say, maybe like nine months. And he okay. would do five shows a week um, in this little theater on Broadway. And it's just gotten this crazy amount of buzz. And it's, you know, it broke a bunch of ticket sales and was notoriously incredibly hard to get tickets and people would be scalping tickets for like $4,000 a piece outside the door. It was just this crazy show and he just ended it in December and after he ended it, Netflix put up, they did a whole, you know, professional recording of it, you know, almost like a comedy special. Put it up on Netflix after the show ended and I'm not a big Springsteen fan, like, at all. You know, there's going to be, like, a couple songs I like, but I've heard so many good things about because it, it's not a concert. It's really almost, like, more like a one-man show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I, I started watching it with Stacy, who's not with us today. Um, and it's it got about halfway through, and it was just absolutely, like, one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. And like, I, I still have to finish it. I haven't gotten to it, but I was just... I was crying like a little six-year-old who just stubbed his toe like during some of the... It's just the way he tells these stories from his life and then intertwines it with these songs. And it's just him on the guitar or him on the piano. And just maybe I just needed to see Springsteen in that format. And maybe now I get what all his... Because there's so many crazy Springsteen fans. Like, maybe I just needed to see him through that filter to, like, appreciate it. Because w- I've never been a big, you know, it's like Springsteen and the E Street Band. And it's this huge band behind him. And I've just never really liked that. Yeah, it's that. not your generation either. It's just not really the format I like. So just seeing him just playing these songs by himself. And you could just really feel the weight of these songs and how fantastic the songwriting is. It's just all stripped down. And yeah, it just really made me appreciate Springsteen. I was like listening to Springsteen songs for the next three days. And afterwards. some of it is f- just from what I saw, because I walked mm-hmm. in while you were watching yeah. it. Um, 
it's more like a poetry reading with music in the background, right? Not all of it is straight up singing. No, no, no. It's it's him literally telling stories from his own life, and like it's like it's really personal. And then he'll he like he'll play a song that kind of accompanies right. like a story he just yeah. told afterward. And sometimes he's you know playing the guitar like underneath as he's telling a story, but not always. Sometimes he's just standing there telling a story but he's just a absolutely phenomenal storyteller and he's so funny and he's so charming and just a good storyteller outside the song and during this like just just getting i don't know i've just never listened to his music like that i'm like oh my god he's just he's just telling these fantastic stories in the songs i've just never i've just never gotten Springsteen like other people get and like I feel like I kind of get it now I just really appreciate the guy and have been listening to his music more and it's been like recommending it to everyone I've seen it's just one of the greatest things I've ever seen just greatest performances and the way they it's almost like a visual performance too because you'll just be in this really intense maybe sometimes somber moment in the Netflix special and just the way they do the lighting and the camera angles. It's almost like visual art too. It was just all around completely fantastic. So I listened, finally listened to my friend Jason's podcast. It's called the Future Cities Podcast. I forget what is it about again. It's, you told me about this. It's about environmental stuff. If you're into that, if you're into Planet Earth, okay, um, check it out. And it's about how is we. The guy you work with? Oh, no, Jason. Uh, oh, Zauer, who was over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. Just got uh, I, know I, I, did, I did used to work with him, but yes. really, really yes, great yes, guy, yes. very intelligent human being. Um, and in the episode I listened to was called Green Gentrification, okay. which I had no idea was a thing. Here we go. Um, and he interviews Nathan McClintock, um, who's a. He does a lot of um, stuff in Portland, does a lot of studies there. And green gentrification is when when prices go up in a neighborhood because you now have parks or mm. bike lanes and all these you know green things that then force out you know com right. poor communities people of color right and then in this whole interview was very fascinating especially in portland which is a city that centers around presenting itself as a um eco-friendly city mm -hmm. and as a green city mm -hmm. and you know what that means how cities have to market themselves right um and cities will give more funding or the news will focus more on the white hipster who has mm -hmm. the rooftop garden um you know and okay. then that guy will get more funding and in the research that they did um there was actually a really um huge thriving community of um different people of color mm -hmm back in the day in Portland that they all had these private gardens and were growing their own food, hmm. but they do it out of more of a necessity mm -hmm. than like, oh, this is a cool new thing or, okay. you know, I'm making my own kombucha. Right. And for them, they have like the pristine front yard and then all the growing is done in the backyard. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't help the city's, you know, image. The mm -hmm. city wants you to, wants that to be visible. Right. You know, so it's just Interesting. a focus on... Yeah, it was. It was really, really fascinating. And then Jason also talked about um, he did a lot of work kind of researching wetlands. And once he I, he as a scientist identifies that as a resource or something important, mm -hmm. this will now also attract 
people who need to make money and maybe the settlements around that area now the prices will go up because hmm. it's you know now right. valued as an important you know green place right so i I'd, I'd never even thought about that being an issue you hmm. know the way we have all these green accommodations and all right. that and how that relates to um the people living there and the prices in those areas so if you want to find out more about it that was the future cities podcast so is it almost like the cities got too urban and all this greenery that used to be standard maybe 100 years ago you know now everything's right. so urban but now it's become like a luxury to have yes, that kind yeah. of okay. That's what they I got that's you. what they were talking about. Very interesting. I never thought about that. Well, well, should we uh should we talk about Yarny? Yarmy. Yarny. You say Yarmy. I say Yarmy. My Yarny was named Yarmy. Oh, sorry. I made that decision. So, uh 2016 own. Unravel. I totally missed this somehow. This was like kind of a big game. I didn't really yeah. You were like tell you like knew so much more about it. I'm like I was so in the dark. I was just like not playing games at all in 2016, I think. Um but it's made by this small little Swedish company, Coldwood Entertainment. Interactive. What? Coldwood Interactive. And Coldwood Interactive. Um which if you look them up pretty much all the games they've done are like these weird sports games, yeah. skiing games, um there's like a boxing game they had that was sort of popular that used those weird playstation like almost like the version of the nunchucks from the wii i don't know if you remember those it's like these controllers with a little glowing ball on top they made those interactive just they made weird little sports games and they were on the brink of collapse and then one of their main guys uh martin schlin this swedish guy he had this idea for this unravel game with this little yarny guy and it's complete nothing like they ever did before and it just completely that's just like the kind of games they're making now i mean they just came out with a second one earlier this year which i haven't played but it, yeah, it's like a weird little comeback story because if you just look at the games they've made it's like skiing boxing there's mm -hmm. like a weird dance game and then all of a sudden it's unravel which is like this artsy it's a beautiful 2D, 2D um, platformer yeah. puzzle game. But it's funny because they all there's about 14 people in the game studio and they a lot of them have background in, you know, programming uh, really good physics which helped them make these sports games, hmm. which is why the Yarny game, the Unravel game is so much they say it's like a physics-based platformer and it's just from these guys background hmm. they have all this physics knowledge, right? That's I don't know. They just used it when Yarny's swinging around to kind of make it more realistic and all this stuff, mm. I guess. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, where to go? Um, so the game, when the game starts off, just that first scene, I had I have so many notes about it. Oh, really? I, I immediately, like, I was just writing and writing and huh. writing, and I hadn't even started playing the I game. I remember yet. that, yeah. Um, so the cinematic cutscenes. Like the um, older woman in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, those were all outsourced, which is why they look so realistic Got and it. a little bit different from. It was all motion capture too, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So a different studio did those, um, okay. and they're very cinematic cutscenes. And that's something I don't know if I've talked about it before, um, but it's something games are doing now to use um, movie making techniques mm -hmm. in their games to make to make it feel more like a movie. Hmm. Um, Naughty Dog does this with uh, The Last of Us and Uncharted 4, where mm -hmm. the experiences really feel almost like an interactive 
movie. And if you notice in a lot of the cutscenes, there's a foreground and a background and things will be out of focus. Mm -hmm. But it's a video game. You, right. Nothing needs to be out of focus. Right. But then if you're, you know, suddenly something's happening with Sam or whatever, mm -hmm. then he will be and in I'm focus and, and it switches like a camera lens. Right. Um, and I feel like video game companies are catching on to that now and I'm, I'm loving it. Like, I'm not saying you have to do that, but I, it's just something I really enjoy in games. Yeah, like, I, you know, I think the thing I remember most about that last Uncharted game was when... It, it felt like you were in an Indiana Jones action movie when you're in that, I forget, you're like in the Jeep and you're getting chased by that tank or something. And it just feels like you're in the middle of this action movie scene, just the way everything's kind of coming at you. And I don't know if you remember that. I think it was on Charlie yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're running away from the tank. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and it just it just feels <laughs> like you're in like inside an action movie. And I think yeah. that stuff's only going to get better with, because of the camera, because you're running towards well, the screen, which can feel awkward, but it didn't. I in do that think instance. these these virtual reality headset things are going to become standard in the next few years. So then, when you combine the way that's shot with then being like virtually feeling like in the game, I think it's just going to put it like over the top. I don't know. I think that's where everything's going. But anyways, um, so the the first. <laughs> beginning and then also the yarn ball falling on the stairs you know it falls mm -hmm. out of her basket you're like there the, he is the sound effects <laughs> are very realistic very authentic you know it sounds like cloth falling on wood mm -hmm. um and then the pillow in the very beginning scene that you keep returning to where you're looking mm -hmm. through the picture book mm -hmm. um the pillow in swedish says happiness blooms from small simple things hmm. which i think can kind of be a call to the whole game you right know? well that f from everything i've read that was the guy's main what's his name martin uh that was just his main thing is so the the th it's all about relationships and the thread the thread of yarny connecting symbolizes yeah. the relationships you have and as you get further away they unravel that's why yarny unravels mm -hmm. and you're trying to find your way back to that and it's just this whole symbolic meaning which i thought was really nice and i think the game what really kind of just yeah right away was just how beautiful the game was i know you talk about the cinematics in the beginning mm -hmm. but it's like me when i i just took notice when i started the first mission and just the background's all a little blurred but you can tell there was just so much attention to detail and it's just i don't know just i like i wasn't expecting the game to look so fantastic you know i just because it's just a 2D platformer, but it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I don't know another platformer that looks that no. good. Yeah. Just the way they do the lighting and like the the I think it's the second or third level when you're by the by the little sea there and the sea's just like shimmering in the background mm -hmm. as you're going. I just I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I just like wanted to be in that world and it didn't matter that you know, sometimes the game can be really easy and there were a few hard parts here and there but it's just i just wanted to be in that just beautiful world yeah. yeah and i'm just like all i was just all in <laughs> that's yeah i mean that's how i felt about just going back to kentucky route zero right. two where just the art and the silhouettes of the trees you kind of just want to spend time there um and then the music in the beginning it, it feels like home you know it's mm -hmm. just strings and fiddling yeah. and uh it's just very the music was comfortable fantastic yeah. and i looked up you know it was, it was made by 
two pe- people. Two people. They're both from Sweden, and they haven't. I, I, from what I could tell, they haven't made. I mean, they've made other stuff in Sweden. I couldn't find anything but about nothing, them. <laughs> yeah, like nothing else noteworthy. Um, but yeah, the music's absolutely beautiful. It's kind of the same theme. It's this. I don't know what, even how you. It's a kind of folky Nordic. Yeah. Sounding music. And I love the way that the music's just always timed with the action. Like there's that one scene where the crows are coming at you, right? About three quarters yeah. of the game. And the music just kind of like picks up. You're like, oh, crap. All these crows are coming oh, at we, me. I think we call it the dramatic river dance music <laughs> yeah. where the strings just start going. But then <laughs> it's also this comfort of then when the music dies back down, like, you know, like, you know, you're safe again right yeah just the way that's all time it's not like oh i have to still watch out for these crows the game doesn't really trick you like that it's like okay now the music the music just kind of coordinates beautifully mm-hmm. with the game which is nice it's tough to do um because you have to cue the music up with the pacing of each individual right um gamer right and i was at a um panel at a convention where the um guy and i forget his name the guy who did the music for the first three uncharted games Mm -hmm. was there and was being interviewed Mm -hmm. and he says he doesn't really enjoy making music for video games Mm -hmm. because you it has to cut in and out of songs and the dramatic like if i'm suddenly entering like a shooting scene it has to cut to that and it's about the transitions i would yeah and he doesn't like he wants his songs to be listened to like in its entirety yeah and i totally get that but i mean the music especially for uncharted 3 that kind of then you know the oriental sounds and all right. that is, is really gorgeous so you did a great job right I but like understand. especially in uncharted i remember where it's like yeah you get the dramatic music and you kill all the guys and then the music comes down but then it's like maybe you forgot about this one guy all of a sudden the music yeah, picks. Yeah, it's yeah. just like back and forth so yeah it's but it's, that lets you know am i being am i hiding no right it now? is but I it's am? all about programming how okay how do i make these transitions between these yeah. completely two different themes of music so it just can go back and forth yeah. as many times as possible and like sound somewhat decent. Yeah, I would imagine that being pretty hard. So um, in the beginning, I didn't. I think I forgot that this was a Swedish studio. Yeah, and I had no idea I until I looked it up later. I immediately remembered because that that home base that you keep returning to. As a child, I spent a lot of my literary time in Sweden, and I don't think that's a thing people here in the States do, but I, we read a lot of um, Astrid Lindgren, who was mm-hmm. an author alive from 1907 to 2002. She was alive for a long time. I had no idea. Um, I think the only book that they're familiar with here is Pippi Longstockings, mm-hmm. but I read like the children of Bullabu and I pretty much thought I was Kala Blomqvist. Like <laughs> I wanted to be a detective and I was like, why is there, why are there no robberies for me to solve in my little town in Germany? I was like, <laughs> 10 years old running around with like a magnifying glass. Yeah. Um, and the environments and from those books, I feel like are so perfectly reflected mm. in that grandma's home. Like how everything right. feels so comfortable, and that's how I imagine. That's how I imagine these books is like this house right. that she's in, um, like the little button jam cookies on the table. That's mm-hmm. something like your grandma would always have. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. I mean, the, every, everyone from that studio is in you know is from Sweden, so they just model it after that. It um, just yeah, it just felt really really nice to kind of return to this 
these childhood memories and these books I read back then and kind of mm-hmm. made makes me want to go back and reread them That's now. That's nice. Um the game made yeah, the game made me super like nostalgic and it did like pull on my heartstrings, but I can't like put my finger on like why? Like I, I didn't think, grow up in Sweden. Like I, I don't think <laughs> I got it. I l- and this is actually something I learned from the Future Cities podcast. Okay. It's a term called solastalgia, and it's um, a type of nostalgia related to environmental and mining change. So you're hmm. nostalgic for a time before all these environmental changes mm-hmm. and modern modernization okay. before you know our oceans right. were filled with plastic. <laughs> and I think this game exemplifies that for me Hmm. that connection to nature and all that time i spent running around outside as a kid like i we didn't the internet was just invented when we grew up you know so i think that's what it kind of reminded me of all these like nature yeah it was just like one of to get to like one of the reviews i always like to look up the reviews of the game one of the ones i found was from wired uh author's name was julie julie muncie i think and the whole article is about how Unravel tries way too hard and it's like engineered to pull on your heartstrings and the Yarny character with his big button eyes, it's just like engineered to be likable. And I'm, it was just, it was this big critique of the game. Yeah, I read I, that one too. You, yeah. yeah and I was like, down here. but I couldn't, I was like, I'm totally fine. Like it's, I don't mind at all that it's a near like engineered to do what it does. Like I'm totally fine with it. And like, I like being in that world and it's okay that he looks cute. And I don't know. Did you like have a problem with that at all? Her review, she said that the camera was often really awkward and she didn't know where she was going, which I had no problem with that whatsoever. There's a couple times where I feel like the camera should have zoomed out more. I, like had no, I didn't really, see it. It, it I wasn't really a problem though for me. Yeah. And I think, and then she also like commented on how the criticism was that this was only a 2D platformer. And I'm like, yeah, that's just the <laughs> type of game they made. So I, I'm not saying her things aren't legitimate, but yeah. I felt like she got too, so frustrated with the game that the emotional message didn't enhance it. Right. You know? Right. And I, I'm actually, I was really surprised how many reviews just really hated on this game and because it has, you know, all these emotions right. in it. And going back to the Martin, whatever his name is. Martin Schlin. And a quote from him I have is, there are a lot of loud games out there and we need less games when we kill each other. And I think we're just not used to that. And mm-hmm. we're now finally coming into that with games like, you know, Florence and Yarny and all these games that I think we need more games that cultivate emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe people are more used to shooter games or I'm part of the mafia or, you know, <laughs> what is that game with the cars? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. Uh, yeah. Red Dead Horse Dampton. <laughs> um and and then another review I had from Eurogamer by Edwin Evans Thurwell. Is that a real name? Sounds like <laughs> that, the, the Duke of Thurwell. That's what it sounds like to me. Royal video game reviewer. Like he thought the environmental stuff was preachy and the game is so sugary and not subtle at all. And I didn't agree with any of that because I think because Yarny doesn't speak, that's where the subtlety comes from. You get mm-hmm. everything from the environments. 
mm-hmm. you're just going through playing the game and being these are the just things we have to deal with nowadays are these environmental you know right you know these horrible dangers that we have inflicted on our own planet so i don't know how it's being preached to you when it's literally just giving you like what the state of things yeah no is. there's no preachiness at all it's just like here's what happened to this town and here's just the story of what happened there wasn't it's not an opinion piece. That's not the way I saw it. Yeah. I know you you said after you played, you're like, oh, it's all about, it's a game about the environment. I was like, oh, it's like not at all what I got from it. No, I mean, that's one of the themes. Is I guess this, so, yeah. Through this person's life, you know, the community that she was living in was changed for the worse right. through this company coming in. And then all, one of the written things in the album was mm-hmm. like these people came in and they made all these promises and then they just left. Right. They go, these companies go bankrupt. They leave all their tractors and everything there. Right. And then who's there to, you know, clean it right. up. But it's, you know, and that, of course that's, it's a game about nature. And the yeah. developer also said he through this game, wanted you to look at nature almost through like a microscope because mm-hmm. you're yarning because you're so you're small guy, yeah. and you're looking at, you wouldn't look at nature that way. Maybe if you were a little kid, you would, you know, but now that we're older, right. you don't look at it like that anymore. Where it's like this little radioactive puddle is such a challenge for Yarny because he's so tiny. It's like, how's he going to get right. across that? Right. So, of course, a game that takes place entirely outside, mm-hmm. you know, and it says something about that, but yeah. it's, I don't see it as being preaching. No, not at all. So. I didn't get that at all. Um, I love the moments where I could talking about that smallness of Yarny where I felt so small like there's one one moment right before you discover that radioactive plant um or that you know the company I don't know what the plant mm-hmm. really did um where you start the level and you walk across the road and then that car oh, that goes over me. you I was like I'm walking here <laughs> I was like yelling at the and I was, you know I'm, I'm wearing headphones it scared the crap out of me it was so loud <laughs> But I love that I like you see Yarny so scared. It's like starting to rain. There's lightning in the background. And he's holding himself. Yeah, th- this car just went over you. Like you almost just got smashed by this car. And that's when you, that's like the first time in the game where you really just feel like, oh, okay, I'm this tiny little thing. And it's yeah. just, I felt that again um, when you have to run across the field and all these crows are coming at you. I'm like, oh no, I'm just yeah, I'm this tiny little guy running from all these. Like birds aren't that big, but they're they're ginormous compared to Yarny or like when you know like when a plastic bag you can just hang on to and it kind of just floats you around everywhere because you're so (laughs) tiny like I love those moments of when you get kind of feel the scale of the game again I could have I'd be totally fine with more moments like that um Daniel Krupa of ING in history he put this really smartly he says um, this pastoral, he describes it as a pastoral platformer mm-hmm. where the terrain is of greater significance than how Yarny moves through it, hmm. you know? Yeah, interesting. I, yeah, I really I like, like that. that. Yeah, but it wasn't... I know you... I feel like you struggled more with some parts than I did in the game. That's just me not <laughs> being good at puzzles. <laughs> like, for the most part, it's a... One of the complaints when I was reading online is that it's kind of an easy platformer. Like, there isn't... Not for me. Really? Because some of the reviews were like, it's way too hard. Oh, really? That's not what I read at all. Um, Which, compared to a few other platformers I've played, I think it is fairly easy. It does have the rare moments here and there where 
I spent like 30 minutes on the little part. Like it would just go from really easy to all of a sudden there was just this part which I couldn't figure out. And either I'd have to look it up or I would just spend 20 minutes on it trying to figure it out. Um, just, yeah, there are some random moments to get around. But overall, like I don't think it's that hard of a game. I was surprised how long the game was. Because mm-hmm. when you're downloading it, it was like 3 gigabytes, which is usually like, oh, this is a tiny game. Since all these games, when you have to download them now, they're like 50 gigabytes mm-hmm. or whatever. But it ended up being a really long game. It has like 12 chapters. I kept being like, oh, I must almost be done with this game. And then I walked through the house to see how much longer I had. And there was like six more missions to do. I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> I got a little time left. Yeah, I don't know. Not yeah, that hard of a platformer. Something I thought was really interesting was that the music does not change once you die. And it, um, hmm. it really contributes to this very peaceful feel of the game that Yarny not succeeding isn't the end of the world. Right. You know, it's not suddenly Nathan Drake's limbs flailing everywhere and the physics are suddenly not working. And it's like the dun dun dun, like you're dead. Nate! I always scream your name. I love my family in that game. Um, Could we quote Uncharted anymore on this podcast? It's my, it's my mission. <laughs> <laughs> huge fan um but yeah the music just kind of keeps going the screen goes dark and then you can try again and mm. i just something that stood out to me yeah that's all oh what i didn't one thing i didn't like is so you have to collect you don't have to you can collect these little buttons throughout the game to get extra memories in this little memory book you have at the beginning of each mission and i didn't like how some some in order to get some of the buttons it seemed like you just you had to die there wasn't a way to it's just like you have to swing i didn't mind that you have to swing over to get this button and then you're just gonna land in the water and die and then you just go back to the safe point and now you have the button you can keep going i don't know i just it seems like a weird dynamic to me that there's there doesn't seem to be a way to okay i can get this and then keep going like i have to die I don't know, but maybe... But it was always at, like, a checkpoint. I didn't mind it. No, it wasn't, mm. but it's still kind of weird dynamic. But maybe it's just back to your point of, like, it's not the end of the world and you can keep going. Um, That's I just thought that was... I don't know. This is one weird thing that kind of stood out to me. It's like, oh, you have to die for some of these buttons. And a couple of the buttons... There's, like, one in that oven. It's just, like... You'd never know yeah. it was there. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I always... I don't know. I'm never a big fan of that when it's just, like... You have these buttons that are just you just wouldn't know they're even there like what's the like in the last of us when it's just those those tags you in the tree just like in a random tree like there's no way you would know that's there (laughs) unless you like looked it up um yeah i don't know there's that's really my main criticism i don't really have many criticisms i really like the game um another thing i liked about the game is right when you start um the game i mean the game obviously tells you here's what each of the buttons does but it kind of also does a nice job of letting you figure out exactly what you're supposed to do because like okay after the beginning cutscene and you're just in the house as Yarny, and you're just there's like no instructions you're just kind of like okay like where do i and you kind of start walking around the house and you find that picture frame to start the mission but that isn't it's just enough of like letting you explore without you completely being lost Cause it's like okay it's platformer i'm going left to right let me go through this house okay i'm like climbing up this thing oh and then you pass by the picture frame and like a little thing pops up to start the mission mm-hmm. if you want it's, i don't know i just i really like that where it's 
it's not completely just holding your hand of like welcome to unravel and here's what you have to it's just letting you sort of ex- just a little bit of exploring and like okay what am i really doing here i don't know i kind of liked how it was a nice balance I don't know if you felt that. Yeah, the only thing, the only problem I had with the mechanics sometimes was that the things that you were holding on to in the foreground would have been on a, because it's 2D, sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. Some of the things mm-hmm. were like in front sure. of each other and then suddenly they were behind yeah. each other. Yeah. I think that's just the nature of it being 2D though. Right. And there was a lot of criticism of that online and I'm like, I just went with it and then I figured it out after like the first few right. times I figured out like... I can get this can or this rock or like I right. didn't have as mon- as much trouble with that as some other people I guess you struggled with that lantern and like the last mission <laughs> oh yeah I read another <laughs> thing where they had um where they struggled with that too because I did not it's very outside of all the other physics and suddenly you have to yeah. be anchored to something you're in this snowstorm and you're anchoring yourself to this lantern so you get blown away yeah I, I don't I, know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was I there like for it because a while. You, you've been doing like a lot of the same stuff over and over. So then to introduce something new at the end of the game, I didn't mind to kind of keep it fresh. And it focuses know. in. This is the level where it really focuses in on Yarny. Like mm-hmm. it even zooms in closer. Right. And, you know, the scope of things, you can walk even slower because you're going through the snow. Right. And then at the end of that chapter, you're jumping for the final... Um, you know yarn picture mm-hmm. or whatever and mm-hmm. yarny unravels completely no. like that i don't know i found that really touching like mm-hmm. it's really almost hopeless and then like a hand reaches down and picks you right. up but it was just like oh my god i'm completely unraveling and then once you come out into the next level it's such a breath of fresh air and it's just it's not difficult it's just playful you're just holding on to these fireflies yeah, you're just, flying around. You're just yeah. flying around and <laughs> it it's nice. almost this <laughs> reward for all the hard work you've done yeah. of like i don't mm, need this to be i don't need this to be difficult i don't need mm-hmm. this to be another puzzle i'm just flying around as beautiful Whee! lights and yeah it was I'm a nice ending there for the experience you right. know solid game i don't know what else i really have to say about this i just really like the game um, a fun thing to do, I don't know if you've played the game and you kind of want to dive deep into it a little more, was when um, the, that Martin guy, the main creative director of the studio, um, when he first presented the game at the, it was the 2015 E3, and he's... This is a famous presentation. People talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I had no idea. It. Like when I was researching <laughs> this game, it kept coming up. I'm like, okay, I got to go watch this video now. And he's he's in front of this big E3 audience. And he has his little, his own little yarny that he made before they even, you know, which was his concept before they even started programming the game. And he, he brings it there and he shows it to the audience. And he's just shaking like crazy. And he's so nervous. And if, if you know, if you read about his history, you know, because his his game, the game studio he's with, you know, they almost went under, and I think he went through some through some things in his personal life too. So I think he had this really hard year, and then all of a sudden it all turns around, and like you know, uh, uh, who who's the game company that uh, picked up? Is it EA? Yeah, it's EA. Sorry, yeah, you know, EA Games picks it up. It's going to be internationally distributed. He's like at E3 all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like his whole, his life and the game studio, everything did a 180. Oh, I'm crying right now. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just like, 
I just get the vibe that he like can't believe what's happening, and it's like all of a sudden everything's fine. And I don't know. It's just it's this great little. It's about five minute video, and he's just so thankful to be there, and he just seems so genuine, and he's got his little yarny, and he's telling people about the game, and he's like so excited about it, and it's just yeah, and they have like all these fantastic cool um, photos too, which you see inside the yeah. game, but. <laughs> Of him just spin, you know, putting yarn all over a tree or something and then putting yeah, yarn Yeah, he was on this family hair. trip and he has this little yarny puppet that he made. And he's like trying to figure out what this game is going to be. And so he starts, yeah, he has this red ball of yarn and he starts taking pictures of the yarny puppet in the environment with how would this yarn work in the game and like yarn is spun everywhere and he takes pictures of it to kind of get the concept of the game going. It's like super cute pictures. Um, so not, okay, I have to always have to put like a gender twist on it or go. whatever. Come on. Um, but just in a and you know the gaming world and industry, mm-hmm. it, it's so macho male dominated. And for this dude to come out with this his like Swedish boy, cute little leaf hand tattoos, and he knits, <laughs> and this game is about you know emotions and right. like it just means a lot to me. And I think cool. lately we've really it's really changed to where we're finally expanding video games as a medium is mm-hmm. so significant and we can do more than just make guns and shoot each other which well, i love and, those games and rare rare props to ea games which is just turns out some really you know they're they do like what they do the battlefield games and everything right and it's always they rush the games out and it's never yeah, done there's always like glitches mass effect they're always andromeda. after the money mass yeah. effect andromeda, oh. in-game purchases pay to play like you know, overall, they really kind of suck. And for them, obviously, on the indie department, someone over there is doing something right. So props yeah. to them. Um, and it's just it feels good to, you know, when you watch that video of the E3, and you're like, OK, I bought this game. I'm like supporting people like this. That feels good, you know, and the yeah. game's great. And another thing I've just I think I've gotten to like platformers more and more in the last year. And I think part of it is also I, just, I have this inherent struggle like when I play video games, especially shooter games, which I really enjoy. Of I'll play like an hour or so, and at the end, I'm like, I just wasted, I just wasted an hour, and then I feel guilty afterwards <laughs> after just having had fun. I'm like, I could have done like something productive. And I think when I play these platformers, I'm like, you know, you're problem solving using your brain a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel as guilty. I have a, I just feel better in the long run about okay. it. Where I'm like, okay, like I'm using my brain. I'm solving problems. I feel a little smarter at the end. I don't know. But we just bought, you know, everything's on sale now after Christmas. So we just bought a bunch more platformers that we're going to play, like Journey, which I've never played. I've always heard about or the follow up to Limbo. Uh, It's called Inside, which I loved Limbo. I played that a few years ago. Um, So I'm just I'm with kind of get more into the platformers you know uh, i have a few more things to say about this yeah, game go though. For it. um my favorite level was the mushroom foggy mosquito just the the, the colors in it was that with was the with the little groundhog is coming after you i think it was i think it is because yeah. you have to scare him away with the mushrooms at one point and there's the like spores. a huge elk in the background and yeah yarny's cold and just how his body movements change mosquitoes like, are starting to eat you up and we love his run he has his different <laughs> runs <where he's laughs> when he's when he's scared and like his head is back he's <laughs> like arched back and the yeah. arms are forward he's <laughs> 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 so cute <laughs> and then it that level ends with him kind of moving into the sunlight and then these golden raspberries everywhere mm. which is a normal color for a raspberry to be and we're just you know we only sell the red <laughs> ones for some reason i'm like it just felt so natural 
And then something I also noticed in this game was there's no annoying repetitive sounds. Like when you mm-hmm. s- when you oh sling your yarn, it's not like a you know something obnoxious. <laughs> 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 like a not like Odin's sphere, which you've been playing. No. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. And it, yeah, it's just interesting the things that are danger to Yarny, you know, or the things yeah. you can use is like the groundhog or the birds or holding on to the fish and you're just sailing no, around the water. <laughs> like it's that's fish so giving you a ride. Fun. No, it's yeah, it's such a fun game. It and then beautiful. also something I noticed the plastic bag that we mentioned that he's holding on to. Yeah. If you flip through the picture books, because there's a boot in that level too that's just on the side of the mm-hmm. road, and if you flip through it, there's a there's a picture of the boot in the water, and then there's a picture of somebody with a plastic bag wrapped around oh, their really? foot. Oh really? I don't know. I don't so they I lost that. their boot in the water, gotcha. and then had to use a plastic bag. But all these things are memories that nice. Yarny's uncovering, right? So no, they're great. part of the environment. Um, and then the pass of time, I really enjoyed too. Like in the train yard, you go from like a bright sunset to night. And it's mm-hmm. not like a static environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, I think we often miss these really normal things in life because you're either at work or getting ready when the you right. know day is changing. And just to experience that in nature with Yarny, even though it's a video game. Right. You know, it's it's beautiful. It's really cool. Um, Since you're always inside, Yarny is your connection to the outside <laughs> yeah, world. It's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then also the uh, warning signs mm-hmm. and things around the industrial area. Yeah. Even though you can't read the Swedish, like it feels like everything you need to know. Like I can yeah. understand like a skull or like a warning triangle right. or. And then the motto of that company was, uh, we dig you out of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And then um, don't, sorry, I wrote this down in German. For some reason, that's not <laughs> helpful. And the translation from the Swedish was, um, don't step on this area. Like, don't enter this area. Mm-hmm. It's like the warning. And then private property, um, unauthorized, people not allowed. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the things that were written there, if okay. you're wondering. One of them was um, blah. You mean it was actually like made sense what was written in a foreign language? Yeah, oh my god! Looking at you, Lucy. Looking at you, ScarJo. Damn, calling out. You don't remember in that, it was that Lucy ScarJo Hanson movie, and it was that scene there's like giant the Chinese writing, Chinese the writing behind her that's just a prop it was just it didn't yeah. mean anything love it <laughs> oh um, one of my most meaningful encounters inside the game mm-hmm. is in the level when you're just bird after bird is coming at you and a bird mm-hmm. is now a symbol for a threat to Yarny yeah and then at the very end Yarny forgives <laughs> <laughs> the, the bird that you're rescuing and Yarny takes a chance and rescues oh, yeah. this bird. And then you come closer and you touch its beak. And then the bird just whips Yarny around. There's this beautiful... No! There's this beautiful like <laughs> slow movement of Yarny like, whipping around as the bird is taking off. And you're holding on to its beak. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, that was really that was just really beautiful mm-hmm. to me and like you know the things you do for the environment even though yarny's been eaten by birds this whole time Yarny, yarny's the, taking the high road yeah <laughs> little birds stuck in the cage there <laughs> though he does kill a crab at one point you remember that you capture the cr- it's like in the third mission or something no, you just put it in the box 
Yeah, but then the box like drowns, goes into the water. Oh, snap. Crab's the, fine. The, the crab's gonna have to come up eventually. They don't. Does it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Am I crazy? Do you e- crabs either way, have to either breathe? way, the crab's just stuck in the cage. It's never gonna be able to get out oh, again. So how is it gonna eat? Oh lord, I didn't. Hear yeah, Yarny about that. kills a crab. What a murderer! Mm, bastard. Saving birds, killing crabs. Crabs don't have to come up for air ever. I guess it depends on the crab. But even if that crab doesn't, it's just stuck in a cage it's just underwater. Stuck in a cage. It's just it's gonna starve. Well, so it had it coming. Yarny giveth and he taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> I had a lot of fun in that bird level. I love I just love that whole setup of you're in this field and you gotta hide from these birds. I don't know why. That just, was hard hiding. It was. In it was. I definitely had to try it a few times, like just to time it right. And you're like looking out for the bird, like okay, which bird is coming at me? Um, I just thought there was such like an original gameplay thought. Yeah. I don't. I just had a lot of fun yeah. with that, and just yeah, the that music just this Nordic music just going. You're like you're just running from these birds. I just had a lot of fun with that. And then when you're in the garage and you kind of find these pills laying around, and then in the background the memories the dad like holding his chest or the grandpa holding his chest, and then you're like, oh, did the did he have a heart attack? And then later on you have like the funeral and right. I found it really interesting the the story of this family that's not even that important but you kind of get the little bit oh you're and involved in it though and then you see like with the pictures and like i I always looked at all the pictures after and yeah you're mission. the you're the embodiment of right. this you know family like involved history. in this family story that you don't really know much about at all i don't know yeah just did a nice and something i also job. have to point out and as the people who make games get older as we have seen in uncharted and the last of us (laughs) you now have the dads as the heroes it's Mm -hmm. not young kids you know these people grow up and then they make they make stories about themselves and the representation of the elderly is basically non-existent Hmm. in games um and even when it is like i love win from dragon age she's awesome in the books and in the games but most of her dialogue is about, oh, aren't you old and rickety? And how she's about, like, how about Sully and Uncharted? He's that's the a elderly. Good, that's a good one. But again, <laughs> a lot of the dialogue is about how old these people are, and they're I almost guess. always identified by, by their age. By their age. And for this game to just have that as a normal component, you know, right. inside the world, I really appreciate mm. it, and I hope to see you know more representation of Damn. that. Deep thoughts. Doesn't even occur to me. It's something I always notice in games, like when they have like an older person, it's right. always like, oh, God, oh, oh, my so bones. Old. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's huh. it. That's all I well, have. Maybe they'll make this. a Nathan Drake grandpa game. I'm where still waiting on it. I'm still waiting on the from trains. The sequel with the daughter. Well, old people are useless, Tubby. We all Basi- know that. Yeah. <laughs> to these game developers, <laughs> obviously. Well, I don't know. Can you... I mean, you can't have like a Nathan Drake that's 90 years old swinging from tree to tree. How much can you do with like an old person? Right, but in a I game? think what I said earlier, games are expanding to tell different stories that aren't all right. about action okay. and taking you on these narrative experiences. Okay. So there's more room to branch out. Sure. Okay, fair enough. What yep. else? You got anything else nope, for that's me? It, that's it. That's all I got. Oh, Yarny. Um, 
Well, yeah. So that's it. So if you guys want to reach out to us, we are at Modern Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram. ModernLifePod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, um, if you want to contribute to the show or um, uh, check out our website to see all the other episodes we've posted, that's all in the podcast description below. Um, yeah, everything's there. Love to hear from you guys. And we'll be back. I'm not really sure what we're going to do next week, but we'll do something. Any final thoughts, Tabby? Shrug. Shrug. Verbal shrug from Tabby. <laughs> we'll figure something out. We'll be back. All we'll right. Go with the flow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we will probably not check in with you guys until the new year. So happy new year, everybody. Happy and new year. Go we'll, ahead and watch Dinner for One. We'll Google see you. Dinner for One. <laughs> German holiday tradition, Dinner for One on YouTube. Sugar um, in the morning. We'll see you guys in 2019.